Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Folks, this is uh, McNamara on Money here on WATD. Uh, I just figured out the other day that uh, we, we, I, we with my uh, younger partners now have been on the air since 1990 and here on WATD. Go figure. Wow, congratulations. Thank, thank you. You know, just a go, go figure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and one other quick announcement, uh, folks, uh, we're taking over this radio station. Uh, not only can you listen to us uh, from 8 to 10 on Saturday mornings, but uh, if you miss that, on Sunday mornings from 7.30 to 9.30, uh, you can catch us as well. It'll be a rebroadcast, but it'll still be like really good stuff and worth your while. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so here's the plan today. Um if you uh, have listened to this show before, you know that uh, I generally speak English and uh, folks mostly understand me. I don't get into any investment ease sort of a thing. And uh, we also don't talk about little details like the stock market or what happened uh, today with interest rates because that's all minor stuff uh, in the uh, time frame of sensible long-term investors, which is uh, the best way to be if you're going to put your money to work. So anyway, um, <clears throat> today's subject is a, a retirement checklist. And, um, you know, f so this, this is for uh, those folks listening to us who are thinking about 
retirement. Maybe they're remotely thinking about retirement. Maybe they're seriously thinking about retirement. So if you're if retirement is on your mind, if it's in the uh, near or almost immediate future, uh, th- this show is absolutely for you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, by training. Well, first of all, I've been in this business for 38 years, so I think I learned one or two things while I was doing this. Uh, and second of all, I'm a certified financial planner practitioner, which means I'm supposedly smart about a bunch of things uh, in addition to investments. And uh, when you retire, you have to be smart about a bunch of things in addition to investments to make sure that you can live happily ever after. The, the investments that you have are only a piece, and by the way, They're like a medium-sized piece uh, to whatever your success is in retirement. So we're going to go through that. So I've uh, I've developed a checklist, and uh, what I'm going to do is we're going to get started with this checklist this morning. And uh, soon, my one of my younger partners uh, and uh, son Justin will be joining us on the air from our offices in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. Uh, And uh, he he should be chiming in shortly. I, I won't go into why he's a little bit late, but hey, he's been known to miss a deadline once in a while, but hopefully he's there pretty soon. Anyway, so the the deal is we're going to start going through this checklist, and in reality, let's see here, there's 46 different parts to this checklist, and there's... Speaking of your son. Uh Uh-huh. Justin, are you there? I'm here. Well, good morning. How are you? I was hoping my testing testing would come through live on the air, but no, it didn't. Okay, well, whatever. Tim had it all set all up, right? right? Well, you know, th- thanks for, you know, <laughs> making some time in your busy day to keep the old guy company here this morning <laughs> on this July 4th weekend when nobody wants to listen to radio. Well, hopefully a few. All right, so folks, here's... And even the, less people want to be on the radio. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so so we're going to make it worth your while, folks, even though, uh, you know, it might be the 4th of July weekend. So I've, I've got this checklist. Um, we're going to start discussing it and kind of banter back uh, and forth on, on these issues or these things. Um, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess that we're not going to be able to finish this checklist in this show, and I'm probably going to have to continue it in a subsequent show. And that's okay, because we don't like to hurry things here, and we like to make sure we uh, get across the points that we think are important to you folks. So this is probably the first of a couple of shows on the subject, and so if you like what you heard here, uh, it'll be uh, there'll be more of the same sometime in the next week or two or three, I think. Uh, secondly, uh, this little checklist um, w- will be available uh, on our website in what I call analog fashion, that you could actually even look into it, pull it up, and print it out, because uh, basically it's one thing to hear it, it's another thing to see it in writing, and I'll have to make sure our compliance department has seen this outline, Justin, but I think it's pretty harmless, uh, although you never know. Uh, And anyway... We do have have a stickler running our compliance department. Well, we we do, and, and, and and I've been known to get a little little excited about uh, the, the things we do for a living from time to time. So anyway, but but anyway, folks, th- this is serious stuff. Uh, we're going to take the balance of the show to do this. Uh, our telephone number here, 781-837-4900. And yes, Justin, believe it or not, I have the phone with the text number. You do? And so yeah, I, I'm, I'm learning. So anyway, folks, if we'd love to hear from you as a call on the subject in question. And uh, if we don't, if for some reason or other I make you nervous, which... I hope is not the case. We have a text number. It's 781-775-0116. So you can call or text us anytime uh, during this show 
on the subject at hand, which is a retirement checklist. And I can assure you we're going to be talking about many subjects over the next couple hours. And I can also assure you it's going to probably spill into a second or, or maybe even a third show. And, hey, this is my show. I can do what I want sort of a thing here. So, uh, all righty. So, Justin, my son, you caught that email from me last night. You're probably looking at the same thing I'm looking at, right? I am. So how do you want to do this? You want me to talk and you can interrupt and tell me I was wrong? Or do you want to take turns uh, doing this? How do you you want to work this? I like that first option. It's usually (laughs) when I'm at my best. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to start. It's getting deep in here already. You know, know, (laughs) there's the father-son dynamic and then there's the business partner dynamic. And I get confused sometimes. Anyway. All right. So, folks, um, you may want to write down some of these topics. You don't have to. You can get it uh, off our website probably in about a week or a week and a half's time after it clears our rigid compliance department to make sure I didn't lie or make anything up here. Uh, And, uh, you know, again, in English, uh, pretty much basic stuff. Uh, I I have two two missions or two goals uh, for this show and whatever other shows we may have to follow. My first mission is I'm going to explain what you need to do and all the things that you need to do and understand and analyze to become retired, hopefully successfully, and live happily ever after. As I go along, okay, uh, you're going to see uh, that my other mission or goal here is to scare the heck out of you if you're planning on doing it yourself and to hire a professional to help you out with the biggest financial decision of your life. That would be retirement. And pardon my bias, but that professional should be a certified financial planner practitioner. Uh, That is the gold standard for a financial advisor for folks who are retired. Plain and simple as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so here we go. I I break this uh, into like three different parts, and I think they work. Uh, You know, the, the first part is things to think about uh, and and the math. Uh, the second part is how does it look once you've got your retirement plans assembled? Uh, the third part is where can you go wrong doing this? Uh, and the fourth part is other homework you have to do to get ready for retirement. So this is, you know, I, I should write a book about this. This is such a comprehensive treatise on retirement. I just can't believe it. I've, I've amazed myself here anyway. Uh, f- folks, that was only a slight tongue-in-cheek here. This is good stuff, and you need to pay attention. All right, so number one, <clears throat> okay, uh, talk with your spouse and make sure that you are on the same page when it comes to retirement plans. The, uh, the old, uh, the, I guess it's now old phrase, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Believe me, it also applies when it comes to making plans for retirement. Probably a third of the folks I've ever met for the first time in a retirement plan meeting were surprised that the spouse said one thing or another during that meeting. So, folks, you you need to get together and be on the same page as to retirement plans, okay? And, by the way, you need to pick some pretty exact dates, but we'll get that in a minute, okay? So, maybe one of two spouses, and by the way, this certainly works for single folks, just I'm trying to go back and forth here, but, okay, um, you know, maybe one spouse is burned out and ready 
to retire tomorrow afternoon, even though you're 62 or 61. Maybe one spouse loves their job and has no plans to retire and wants to work forever. And oh, by the way, maybe the retirement date, okay, that you're thinking about, well, maybe it's not the same date for the both of you sort of a thing. So, so p- please, oh, please, I, I like to tell people, you know, sit down uh, after dinner some leisurely weekend with a bottle of Chianti on the kitchen table and start thinking about what the heck this retirement thing is going to be like. Okay, you need to get on the same page or it ain't going to work. Okay, Justin, any insightful additions to those opening comments? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, just from a from a sort of a younger person's perspective, it's a, it's a difficult conversation to have. Um, especially because, you know, when you're younger and, and you're sort of in the, you know, if you have kids, especially at home, you're so busy, it's, you know, a lot of folks aren't even thinking about their own retirement, let alone having a conversation with their spouse about what, you know, retirement as a couple looks like together. And so, you know, I, I would try to just keep the communication lines open for as long as possible. And, you know, ho- hopefully you're not doing this at, uh, you know, at 64 and the plan is to retire at 65 and then all of a sudden you find out you have drastically different ideas of what retirement uh, looks like for each one of you. And so, yeah, I mean, I think just communication. That's just good relationship advice in general, Dad. There you go. Hey, you know, well, you know, you know me. I'm, I'm a sensitive guy, Josh. You know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, talk and agree, folks. Uh, important stuff. Actually, Looking back, I wished I'd had some pictures of some of the surprised (laughs) looks when one spouse looks at the other like they're out of their mind about the comments that they made. But, hey, that makes it interesting, folks, as is probably the rest of your life. Okay, so number one, talk with your spouse and agree. And, and of course, keeping in mind that there will likely be compromise on, on, on one or both sides just with the retirement discussion, I mean, you, t- you, I know, I know, them. We'll get into things like real estate and where you live, and uh, you know, income and lifestyle. But you know, it's not always going to work out that each, you know, each spouse has the same idea of retirement when it happens, and kind of lifestyle. You know, we often see spouses who, you know, one one is looking to retire earlier because maybe they have a higher stress job. And that may affect the, you know, the lifestyle of the couple as a whole. And maybe, you know, one spouse isn't too keen on that. Uh, And so just be ready for a, you know, it may not be an easy discussion, but it's certainly one you have to, you need to have. All right. Two two things as a follow up to that, Josh. How long have you been married now? Uh, ten years. Ten years. Well, go figure. So I you know. have ten years to have learned how to compromise then, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't get any easier if you've been married 49 either, Just I just yeah. want you to know. <laughs> but it's a good thing, right? And then number two, yeah, thank you about bringing up young folks. Folks, if you're like less than 55 or so and not thinking about retirement, well, that doesn't mean you should tune out. Uh, there's some pretty, pretty good points we're going to make here that'll help you get ready for retirement. So, yeah. You know, don't shut us off just because. And besides, you know, you have a father and a son here. You've got a couple of different perspectives on how this works, folks. All right, number two. And again, I sound like such a sensitive guy when I say this, Jess. I got to tell you. Okay, so not only do you agree about retirement and what the plan is, but you need to visualize Okay, what that's going to look like, you know, what, while you're having a sip of that Chianti wine and you're looking across the table at your spouse, you say, so listen, what does a typical day in retirement, what, what's it going to look like for us? What, you know, what are we going to be doing? 
Okay. Um, by the way, what's a typical week in retirement? What's a typical month? Or what are some of the things you're going to kind of do in a year? You know, it, 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 this is, um, yeah, this is, I'm going to generalize, but I, I can do that. Okay. Uh, I, I've kind of noticed uh, that, you know, keeping busy and having some fun and kind of doing what you want in retirement, that, well, that's the whole plan, uh, folks. Okay. Uh, People who have had a chance to have some fun and do things along uh, their lives, they probably have a little bit easier time kind of think about what they're going to do or activities or kind of fun stuff uh, in in retirement. You know, folks who've worked hard all their lives and haven't had much time or money to do any of that fun stuff or that relaxing stuff, they haven't had much practice, if you know what I mean. You know, th- those folks have some serious work and thinking and research to do uh, because, you know, if you've worked all your life and don't have any hobbies or anything that you call fun or whatever, you know, you, you need to sit down and, and try to think about what that might be and how that's going to work. So, so you know, I, I sound like a psychologist and I n- have never taken a psychology course in my life, but, you know, you really need to sit back and say, what's it going to look like, folks? Uh, you know, pr- pr- pretty important stuff. Justin, yeah, I on think, that? I think, in probably honesty with yourself is a is something to strive for in this, you know, in that thought exercise, right? I mean, there's certainly people who, I think, some personalities are just more, um, uh, are just a better fit with kind of the people's traditional idea of retirement, right? I mean, you think of retirement as you're, you know, you're puttering around the house, you're reading a book, sitting on the beach, and visiting with doctors, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's later in retirement. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> uh, and so that, that certainly works for, for, you know, I think some subset of people, but then there's, an, there's a whole other set that, you know, just will, are, you know, are almost immediately bored in retirement. And so try to, you know, think, think serious about who you are and, and try to plan uh, accordingly, right? I mean, we've, we've all heard stories about people who retire and then, you know, a week later they're, they're back to work because they, uh, you know, they don't have anything to do and they're just, you know, sitting around and twiddling their thumbs isn't, uh, isn't their idea of a good time. And so uh, just try to think about what, what you think will be best for you. And again, it may not match up with what your spouse wants, but the, you know, the good thing about retirement is there's, there are a lot of ways to keep busy and we certainly, you know, meet with a lot of folks who are, uh, you know, as almost as busy or busier than they were in their working lives, they're just doing different things, and maybe it's volunteer work as opposed to uh, as opposed to working for a paycheck. Yep, folks, visualize. <laughs> We're back. This is 95.9 FM, WATD in Marshfield. My name's Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. I'm talking with my son and business partner, Justin. We're going through a retirement checklist, and this is going to be fun. But very quickly, if you have a question for us, our telephone number, 781-837-4900. Our text number, 781-775-0100. One six, uh, and by the way, folks, uh, if you miss our show on Saturday mornings from eight to ten, we have a show now as well on Sunday mornings from seven thirty to nine thirty. We're taking over here, Tim. That's all there is to it. All right, folks. Uh, well, it's about time. It's about time. Yeah, uh, retirement <laughs> checklist. <laughs> all right, folks. So here we go. Okay, first checklist: talk with your spouse. Make sure you're in agreement. 
Good luck with that. Second checklist, visualize what's going on. And then third, let's get into some specifics about uh, kind of activities and things that people do for retirement. Uh, and this is probably for the folks who maybe have worked real hard all their lives and haven't had too much of a time to have any fun or whatever. So, so here's the thought, okay, or here's the question. What is it that you will be doing in retirement what what's going to fill up those days okay uh and i'm going to throw out some um some general categories and and the first bunch i'm going to uh aggregate under the heading of fun okay one of the things that one retires is to hopefully have some fun to some extent and the fun things would be travel and hobbies and entertainment and recreation and Maybe exercise. Some people think that's fun. Some people think that's a job, but whatever. Uh, and then, by the way, in addition to that, okay, I'm sure there are a whole bunch of things that folks can think about, but that probably covers the general areas. T- two, um, two relatively new retirement activities in the last few years. Activity number one is uh, babe- helping kids and or babysitting grandkids. Uh, there's a whole lot of that going around uh, with the retired folks that we work with at McNamara Financial. Uh, a lot of it is by choice and some of it is by necessity. Okay, And last but not least, uh, we have a number of folks we know who are retired and car- caring for an aging parent that may be in any number of various physical states. Uh, e- even if they're in good shape you worry about them folks let's do that way so so those are some possible activities okay in retirement uh and uh and i i I, you know hobbies could be a thousand different possibilities but those are them Uh, i truly hope uh that when you retire you have a hobby in place or two or you have your fun thing in place because it's a lot easier to, to not be scared about retirement if you do. And the folks that we know who are retired, and we know lots of them, by the way, they're generally harder to get a, an appointment with <laughs> than the folks who are meeting because they're kind of busy doing stuff. Uh, the, the flip side of that is, and this is kind of a general comment, but I'm, I'm real comfortable making it. Uh, you know, if you don't have any hobbies and turn into a vegetable in retirement, you're probably going to be bored. You're probably going to wonder, and you, know, you just might not live to your life expectancy if you become a world-class couch potato or whatever. So, you know, y- y- you need to literally think about the activities that you're going to do in retirement, and hopefully you got a whole long list already and not enough time to do it. Uh, comments, my son? Did I no, lose? that was pretty oh, good. Okay. Usually, I usually I find something wow, in there that wow, I, I, I disagree with. I feel uh, I feel honored. I, was <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think the one the the one about uh, the caregiving is certainly something that you want to try to you know keep an eye on in advance because that may you know that the caregiving piece of it a lot of times is more is less voluntary. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Um, you know, travel, hobbies, entertainment, those are all things that can be sort of put off if necessary. But, um, you know, if you have, you know, if your kids are having kids shortly, you know, they, they may, and you live nearby, there may be an expectation from them that you, uh, that you want to be involved in, you know, taking care of their kids. I mean, you know, heaven knows we see so many, you know, I, I certainly, I'm sure you have meetings more often with, with parents, uh, who are taking care of grandkids. I'm often meeting with, uh, you know, with parents who have their, who have their parents helping them with their children um, because we have a lot more, you know, especially this generation, we have a lot of, 
families where both spouses are working and you just have to you know you have to get that child care from somewhere and so i would try to you know communicate in advance sort of what the expectations are and then similarly with you know with your own parents if you're you know if if you're about to retire and your parents are both in their 90s you may want to have that conversation on what happens if they need care um, because those things are sort of i guess those are uh, more responsibilities and less and less voluntary and so you probably want to know and maybe be maybe be living in the right place at the you know if if that come if it comes to it you know maybe you don't want to take off for florida or or maybe you want to think hard about it because someone someone else may need you yeah, we're, we're about to get into real estate and geography momentarily, so that's a good segue, as a matter of fact, yeah. okay? Oh, yeah, look at that. It's, it's right hey, Josh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you read this over after I sent it this to you last night, you know? <laughs> okay. So, all right, folks, th- this this next one is going to take about two hours to explain. Uh, just kidding, but <laughs> but uh, this is a complex uh, discussion topic, no question about it. And, and uh, my, my question is, what is your real estate situation? Okay, and, and let me expound upon that, okay? So, f- first of all, okay, are you planning on living in the home that you're currently in? Or said differently, is the home that you're currently in also going to be your retirement home? If the answer to that is yes, then certain questions come up about, well, what do I want to do to this house before I retire? And uh, often that involves kitchens and bathrooms being remodeled or bedrooms moving downstairs or whatever. So, so you know, the, the simplest beginning place about what your real estate situation is to stay in place. And then you got to be thinking about what you want to do to get that house the way you want it, okay, to go from there. Okay, uh, then the, the second possible situation, uh, there are many, uh, would be, no, I'm selling the home that I have and I'm buying a retirement home, okay? Well, that that kind of gets interesting because when you're trying to craft a financial plan, you need numbers, okay? And one of the numbers we'll ask folks when we're sitting down is, so if you are planning on buying a new retirement home, what can you get for your existing home? Well, don't do a guess, folks. You need to get some real estate folks and appraiser out there, get two or three opinions, but but you need to know kind of what you're gonna net from your existing home. And yes, it's not worth as much as you think it is. Uh, and then on the other side, uh, you need to uh, know what you're looking for, okay, uh, and how much you intend to pay, okay, on that new retirement home sort of a thing. Uh, and this is where I get into my uh, sideline segue of downsizing, okay? I, I have, We love talking about downsizing. I, 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 I do because it's, <laughs> I, I just love it. Okay, so, so folks, here's the deal. Folks will say, well, I'm going to downsize my house in retirement, take a, a bunch of money off the table, okay, live in a smaller, more comfortable home, and do all, do all whatever I want to do. Okay, well, here, here is my humble and accurate opinion uh, of the majority of folks we know, by the way, the vast majority of folks we know, okay? Downsizing will likely mean you own a smaller but better retirement home and downsizing will not occur with the price that you pay 
for your retirement home. Uh, just the other day, we were talking with a client who is selling a home for 600 and buying one for 680. Okay, so so folks, get it in your mind when you're thinking about things. Get real about what downsizing is. Okay, when you get ready to sell your home, it's very uncomplicated. You don't want to move into a home that's in worse shape than your house is. You want to move into a home that's in better shape than your house is, and that's what's happening. So so it is absolutely a rule of thumb here, as far as we're concerned, that when people buy a new retirement home, it's generally smaller so they can get along. It's also generally at least as much as the old one you bought. Who wants to go backwards in your living situation and the quality of the stuff? Okay, uh, and it could be higher. So make sure that you kind of think about that. Okay, so that's the standard I'll stay in place. I'm going to buy a new retirement home. We have a few other variations of that deal, folks. Okay, there are some folks out there who already own a vacation home, okay, in addition to their primary residence. Okay, well, then the question becomes, do I hang on to both of them? Do I sell both of them? Do I want to live in just one home? Okay, do I want to live in two? Where am I going to spend the most time? Uh, It'll be in Florida. Well, maybe that should be the the bigger house, and maybe the smaller one should be here. Or maybe it should be a condo, or maybe it should be whatever. Okay, so if you have a vacation home, congratulations. Okay, uh, kind of the same thing applies, folks. Nobody wants to go backwards in their lifestyle in retirement. So if you own a home and a vacation home, and you've been having fun doing both of them for however many years, I'm going to take a wild guess. You probably want to hang into them and continue that game in retirement. Well, you got some serious math to do because now you got uh, the same. You got double your average housing costs going into retirement. You just have to be careful about it. Okay, uh, and then the the last big general situation is you own a home and you have an investment property. And what do you want to do about that? Well, I'm going to sell the investment property and buy a vacation home, or I'm going to. Uh, let's see, continue to own the investment property and sell my primary residence. I mean, folks, there are 1,700 permutations of the real estate game here, okay? Uh, And I guess the point I'm bringing it up is that there are several big ticket items in the retirement plan calculations. Obviously, homes, and by the way, automobiles, and home improvements might also come under the heading of expensive stuff in retirement. So when you're doing a retirement plan, okay, and you're making some guesses about the future, okay, the the better guess you have, the better the quality of the retirement plan results. But if you make a mistake on a biggie, that could seriously impact uh, you know the success of a retirement plan. So a l- lot of moving pieces in a real estate situation. Oh, and I haven't even mentioned, let's see, renting maybe, you know, in a warm place for three months and owning a primary residence. Oh, I only own one home, but I think I want to rent someplace warm for three months. Or, or you know, any, any oh, oh, by the way, I think I want to sell my home and do a senior living kind of a complex sort of a thing. So th- th- this is like a huge chess game and the pieces are expensive uh, and y- you need to do some serious thinking about how that's going to work. Oh yeah, lest I forget, 
Do you have enough room in your vacation home to have company? Uh huh. Okay. Uh, I, I, <laughs> how I, could you have forgotten I, that one? I, I, how could I personally <laughs> have forgotten that room? That one, owning a <clears throat> not small retirement villa uh, in Florida. Okay. And oh, by the way, you know some folks okay have retirement homes that you may have an extra guest you didn't plan on in the form, okay, of a, an aging parent who needs a place to live or, or you want them to live there or they have to live there sort of a thing. So I, I get a headache thinking about the hundreds of different variables that come into this r- r- real estate situation, okay? Uh, and my only point is that this deserves a whole lot of time and analysis, okay, getting ready for retirement. Because remember, okay, while you're working and earning income, life is in one place. But when you ain't earning any income from work, you're a little bit more vulnerable to making mistakes. And so lots and lots of thought must go into the real estate situation uh, in your retirement plan. Yeah, I mean, I think think just to... no, you hit a lot of points there. I did. I, mean, uh, I got a headache thinking about that. Okay. Uh, you know, just on the on the downsizing, you know, sort of the the classic decision of you know, do we stay in our big house, you know, in which we raised our children, or or do we sort of downsize to a condo? You know, there's, there's a few things there. Though I think one of the things that we hear most uh, about is sort of land keep uh, landscaping and sort of upkeep expenses. Uh, that's something that that people often want to get rid of, and I think more often than not, we hear uh, about that as an issue. Although there's certainly folks out there who uh, would sort of look at that as a uh, as a retirement job, right? I mean, some people love yeah. you know love fixing things. I like cutting they, the lawn, and they like stuff. landscaping, yeah. right? So yeah. um, that's just one thing that you want to think about: is how are you, how are you going to view that? Come sixty-five, and then maybe seventy, seventy-five, eighty. Um, you may have a different opinion on. Uh, you know, you may look at it differently when you're sixty than you than you are when you're eighty, and that's just something you want to do your best to at least uh, at least think about. Um, and then on the you know on the downsizing, just to you know, we we certainly more often than not see people downsizing from a size point of view, but not necessarily from a from a financial point of view, right? I mean, most of the time, I think we see people that you know who who. You know, sort of classically sell their big colonial and, and go buy a condo. It's usually a similar price, although we certainly do see people generally if it's if they have to downsizing from a financial point of view, right? And I guess it, it obviously depends on this you know the size of the home that you have now, but um, it's a, it's certainly an option and it's a way to sort of close some retirement gap if there is some. But just more often than not, I think people should plan for their that their preference is not going to be to downsize into a into a place that's a bunch less expensive than their current home, uh, and so try to plan around, you know, try to plan for that eventuality. Uh, but know that if you have to, we we have we've certainly seen it done before, you know. Yeah, real real downsizing. Yeah, but but again, but let's stay on that topic just for a minute or two, folks. Uh, if, if you're still a ways away from retirement and you're counting. On taking, you're looking at your home as an investment, and you're counting on taking X amount of dollars out of there to make your retirement work. Uh, I think you're in for a really big and bad surprise when it comes time to do that, folks. Uh, you know, we we work with a whole lot of motivated people, okay, uh, and I, I just. That's an extremely difficult thing to pull off these days for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, so it's it, I, it's possible, but you know we we know a whole lot of people, and nobody we know 
has has had much success doing that, or very, very few. So just be careful about the home as an investment kind of a thing. And oh, by the way, that may relate to trying to pay down a mortgage because your home is an investment when you get there, and you might not have any retirement nest egg because you paid off the mortgage. And you, you know, it's, it's just, there's a whole lot of things that kind of fall out of that. Uh, you know, and the other thing is, and, 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 fo- folks, I, <laughs> I have a bias. I have upsized my retirement home in Massachusetts and my retirement home in Florida. Okay, uh, and and by the way, that's well, you never you never really retired though. Yeah, well, so. well, that's 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 true. I, I, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay, partially, I'm retired when I'm in Florida. That's the way I look at it. But but you know. You know, my wife and sister, we had to have room for a house full of 12 over a April vacation. And we do down in Florida. It's pretty cool. But, you know, th- that's unusual, but not, not unheard of. So, you know, the, the, the major point is that there's a whole lot of moving things to consider, okay, with your real estate situation now, what it's going to be in retirement, and some of the things hanging out there that might affect those choices, okay, in, in your situation. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, you get it right before you retire and we're ready for whatever was gonna happen. If you have to, if you find out it didn't work after you've retired, it may be a whole lot more difficult to pull something off. You know, if you have a retirement plan and you plan on doing this stuff, and then when you get into retirement and one of those things changed, not in a good financial way, but in a potentially more expensive financial way, that that puts your retirement plan in jeopardy, or it may, sort of a thing. So big, big issue here. And then, uh, folks, a connected issue to that is not only, like, what is your housing situation, but where is your housing situation, okay? And this, holy cow, the things you didn't think about uh, when you're in high school or kindergarten, okay? So so here's what's going on, folks, okay? Um, in our practice, we, we know a whole lot of folks uh, between the four of us uh, in our practice, okay? Uh, and folks who retire, okay, there's a whole bunch of them now, okay, uh, that are retiring, okay, uh, and they're moving to a location to be near their kids and grandkids, okay? By the way, if you don't have grandkids and you retire, you need to start thinking about this, and hopefully you have anyway, because this can mess things up pretty easily, okay? So let's just, <laughs> let's just, <laughs> let's just stick with retirees who have grandkids. Okay, any retirees that have grandkids, they, they suffer from uh, grandkiditis. Uh, it's a financial disease, okay? It's a wonderful life situation, but financially, <laughs> it's a rather significant expense people don't even think about. But anyway, okay, um, we have had a number of folks we know plan their retirement location Okay, different from housing, location to be near grandkids or, by the way, stay in their existing home because they're already near grandkids, okay? And we've had a number of clients say, I got a grandkid in Maine, I got a grandkid in Florida, I'm going to live in North Carolina and be equidistant between the two of them sort of a thing, okay? Folks, this... I'm making fun of this, but this this is serious stuff, okay? Uh, the, the, the bad news, 
Okay, and we've seen this too, folks. So let's see. I'm going to move to Tucson because my only kid and my only three grandkids are in Tucson. And you make you do your retirement plan thing in advance. You knew you are going to do this. You get settled into Tucson, and your son-in-law gets a job in San Francisco, okay? And now you're in Tucson with nobody you knew other than your children and your grandkids, okay? And that all of a sudden vaporized, okay? Uh, so we, we have seen it all, folks. By the way, with regard to location, we have also seen people either purchase a vacation home in retirement or do their own single new retirement in another part of the world. And most of the time that works out because there were friends and family there. But if you move to another part of the world and the social thing doesn't work for you and you buy a onesies, that's a whole lot of research uh, going down the drain sort of a thing. So the, the location and the circumstances that relate to that Okay, uh, who knows the future, but, you know, we're talking about a plan. That means making a guess. It can, we, we've pretty much seen it all. Justin, you got any stories about that or descriptions? Change the names to protect the innocent now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the things we've been hearing more about uh, with regards to, you know, mostly to, to snowbirding is, uh, is rental. I mean, we, we I don't, I can't, rem- I can't recall talking about it as often um, sort of going back, say, five or ten years as I do now. You know, we have a bunch of clients who are renting in Florida as opposed to uh, as opposed to sort of buying a home there. And, and granted, it's I, I think more often than not, we hear about it as a as a three month rental. Um, you know, maybe they're down there, for, you know, from January to March. And it's certainly less of a commitment. And it's actually fairly reasonable from a cost point of view, at least, you know, or at least it can be, you know, just, just for fun, dad, while yep. you were talking, yep. I, I went on a website here. I don't, you know, Florida, Florida rental by com, And I found a place looks like it's in Iona. Are you familiar with that? That's about that 12 feet from where we live. <laughs> uh, Iona, you can, you can rent yourself a condo for 4,000 bucks Per, I don't, let's see. I don't. I should have. I should have got a sixteen hundred square foot, three bedroom condo in Iona uh, for just under four thousand dollars per month. So it's certainly you know you can certainly get a place in Florida at least on the on a relatively short term basis for you know a, a reasonable price and it's a good way to sort of test the waters. I think. Uh, as opposed to saying, "Oh, great, you know, my uh, yeah, right, my my son-in-law is in Ari- is in Phoenix, and I'm going to go, you know, grab a condo in Scottsdale or whatever." Yep. Um, I should actually. I don't really know my geography. I don't know how close those places are, but you know what I mean. And, and just it, sort of purchasing is a is a much bigger decision than is renting. And we've seen a lot of folks, especially sort of sort of pre-retirement folks, renting in an area to see how they like it. And, you know, maybe that works for them forever, or maybe it's a great way to get to know a place and say, hey, we love it, let's buy, uh, or hey, we don't love it, let's not rent next year. Do you know what I mean? Yep, yep. The, the, um, the folks, for folks who are going to own one retirement home and moving someplace out of state, or for the folks that are going to own, own two retirement homes, or, or rent for that matter, uh, out of state, okay, uh, we, we tell them to do research. We tell them to do homework. You know, you know, you know listen, if you're thinking about in a warm place, uh, head, head down to Carolina for a week and uh, drive around, see what you think. Or head down yeah. to Florida for a week and drive around, see what you think, okay? Uh, it's been our experience, and 
pardon me for getting sexist here, I'm probably going to get a lot of trouble, but generally speaking, <laughs> guys who have hobbies like fishing and golfing, whether it's North Carolina, Georgia, or Florida, yeah, it doesn't make much difference. I can drink beer at the golf club or head out in the boat and do it anytime I want. But, but you know, ladies generally are more socially gregarious than guys, I think, okay? Uh, and for women, it's very important to have a social structure in place, uh, okay, or one that you can easily build if you're going to move to a whole new area sort of thing. Pardon my generalities, but we've seen a lot of people over the years, and that it mostly kind of works that way. But the, the bottom line is that if you're going to move into a new area, okay, waiting in there with at least a partially existing social network of folks that you know and friends or family, that's that's how it's usually done with folks. That's how we ended up in Fort Myers, by the way. Okay, if you're going to go someplace you've never been and you have no friends or family there, I, I'm not saying it can't work, but it's a, it's a lot bigger and more careful decision that you do something like that. That's all, okay? Uh, it, it's... It, it is astounding, uh, you know, some of the things we've seen when it comes to where people are going to live or where they want to live or where they're changing uh, and, their, and their plans change, this, that, and the other thing. So uh, any other comments on the, the where, Justin? Pr- folks, if you're going someplace new, okay, practice, research, look around. You know, I think I might want to rent a place in Florida for three or four months uh, when I retire. Well, hey, have you been to Florida? Well, no. Well, hey, you know. Take, a, take your next four vacations in four different parts of Florida, see what you think, sort of a thing. Uh, w- one other last comment, I think, on the subject of, of where is <laughs> probably every other year in the last 10 or 12, and maybe more frequently, I've taken a phone call at the office from somebody who was standing outside of a condo, okay, or a home in, in a warm place saying, I want to buy this house. Can I afford it? <laughs> sort of a thing. So let, let's face it, folks. Buying real estate, yeah, it should be an analytical decision. But by and large, it's also a big emotional decision in terms of that. You know, the last two houses we, I personally bought, we, we were in there about 10 minutes and said, that's it, sort of a thing. So I, I get that. But, you know, there's emotion and then there's the math about being able to afford it and it, whether it works in your whole life. And, you know, you got to get both of those in sync, I guess, in terms of where we're going. So, so you know, what your housing situation is and where not small stuff folks uh, in the retirement plan. And again, we'll get back to this a little bit later, but you know, I'm going to try to highlight the places where you can go wrong in your retirement plan. And the real estate piece is a biggie about where you can go wrong. You, you do not want to make this wonderful retirement plan, get retired, and two years later, either hate where you live and or want to move because of whatever reason, uh, it's a lot more difficult okay, to do that after you've pulled the plug and retired than thinking about it in advance of that. Uh, Just any final comments on that before we move along? Or? Yeah, well, I just, I don't, well, I guess we don't really have a hard break at 9 o'clock, right? So we, uh, we can run yeah, over if go we Go right ahead. I, I'm, I'll just, we can do that. Tim will figure that out. Go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, what we get the question, and I don't know if it's, we get the question fairly often, you know, should I, I'm, I'm in my, let's say I'm in my 50s, you know, retirement is 10 or 15 years away. Should I buy a place in Florida now and hold it as a rental and then have that be my, you know, it's, my uh, retirement home? 
my, be my retirement home, right? Yeah. And now, of course, we, we use Florida sort of generically, obviously. Yeah. It's not uh, not just Florida. But um, do you want to speak to that? You know, it, I, it, generally it's situational, right? I mean, we, I wouldn't say that neither, I would say that neither of us think that's necessarily a bad idea, but from a, you know, just if it makes sense from a financial point of view, uh, I don't think we're sort of against it or for it, but I just thought I'd throw that one out there because yeah. that's a question we get you know, every once in a while, hey, yeah. you know, it's it's that time. I'm thinking about retirement. Should I buy the house now? And that way I have, you know, 15 years of yeah. mortgage payments under my belt by the time I actually hit 65. Yeah, it's a, it's a, if they can financially do it, if it all works, and if they have a comprehensive written financial plan, great. By the way, the majority of the time <laughs> when it comes to do, to actually retire, they're going to sell that place and buy a place with more bedrooms so the kids and grandkids can go down. But that's but that's okay. You built up some equity, and as yeah. long as you're planned on that, right? It's also, I mean, it is a nice way to get to know a place, right? Because yeah. even as an owner, if you're yeah. renting it, I mean, you you do have the ability to, you know, you can't you can't stay there for a month and still call it sort of purely a rental from a tax point of view. But uh, you know, you can go down there a couple of weeks and and really get to know the area. I think over a number of years, and it's a it's a good way to kind of get your feet wet uh, with regards to a to an area. And again, if it doesn't work and it turns out, hey, I don't like this part of Florida or, or North Carolina, then you can always sell it later. But I just thought I'd, we, we get that question yeah. a lot. And I would say yeah. mostly situational, right? I mean, you need the, you certainly need to have the ability to purchase the place and the uh, the ability to, to withstand any potential issues because heaven knows we've heard, uh, we've heard plenty of stories about, uh, about Florida real estate and, and uh, you know, issues with uh, needs for money. You know, if you have that condo in Florida and you need a new roof, well, there you go. Yep. You, you know, you yep. get a $10,000 bill or you get a hurricane and it's out of commission for a year, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, just, just be careful with it. Yeah, I understand. And just before we take a break, and I know we're a little late, but that's okay. Uh, a, a, a couple, uh, a married couple of clients come to mind who who are dear friends and, and are fishing crazy people sort of a thing. And they, they bought a place uh, in Florida and by the way, in, in Maine, okay, uh, without any social contacts in place and they're happy as clams because they love each other. They spend a whole lot of time together and it's easy enough for them to make social contacts and build that up from there. So, you know, you got to blend personalities with money and make it work from there, folks. That's kind of how it is. (laughs) 